Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you're making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Massive show in store for you tonight as LSU football starts spring football in two days on March the 9th. We will be out there live covering the event uh, on Thursday. So a lot to get in touch with there. A lot of things that we can touch up on as uh, Brian Kelly gives an injury report of injured players and players that will have and be in non-contact drills. We will talk about that tonight. Also, massive news coming out of the, the great state of Maryland as Mason Lunsford, the former left guard, a guy who started all 13 games last year for Maryland at left guard, Mason Lunsford has committed and signed with LSU and is on the way as Brian Kelly continues to be that dude when it comes to recruiting. We talk on that. I give you my thoughts on Mason Lunsford coming in. What does it tell you? And especially with Brian Kelly giving you the spring injury report and guys that will be out this spring. So we will touch uh, on that as well. Massive show when it comes to guesting as Carter the Power Bryant joins us at 9.30 to talk about all things LSU. What is he looking forward to uh, this upcoming Thursday? What are some key things that he's looking on? And just what does it mean? What, is it, what, are, what does it tell us that Mason Lunsford um, has committed to LSU? We'll kick around that uh, as well. Also, at 7.45, the, the GOAT himself, the man himself, John Hendricks, joins us at 745 as we'll talk a little Saints with Derek Carr coming to become or going to become the newest Saint and maybe some cap casualties uh, as there's been some really interesting rumors flying around the herd today about Marcus Lattimore. We'll try to get that confirmed today uh, or tonight rather if that actually is a 
thing. So a lot to touch on. Oh, and by the way, you know what it is. It's a Tuesday. So that means hashtag Ask Blake. So thoughts, questions, concerns, fire them inside the Rudy Crew chat, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. Dale Broussard says, BK doing work. That he is, my friend. Uh, Blaine Smith says, great guest, Blake. I'm pumped tonight. Let's go. Uh, he also says he saw that Malik Neighbors has been disciplined and will not be suspended for games. No, why would he? The charges have been dropped. You know, Blaine, I told you that two weeks ago, but you wouldn't listen to me. Blaine, sometimes I wonder if you even listen to your boy. <laughs> why is he going to get anything when t- literally, literally, the charges were dropped? I don't know. Uh, Big J Cole on YouTube says, confirmed, confirmed that BK can recruit. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Chris H says, BK confirms neighbors won't miss any time from his Mardi Gras incident per, per Wilson Alexander. That's true. And that's a big thing. We can talk on that as well. I was going to bring that up with Carter. But look, I mean, it's a they handled it in-house. And normally when LSU has had these kinds of things in the past – they had not been handled correctly. Um, and so Brian Kelly, just being the ultimate professional that he is, is able to is able to handle this in the right way. So tip of the cap to your head coach. Tip of the cap to your head coach, right? Guys, I mean, you're just we're just dealing with such more of a professional now, right? Like, I mean, light years ahead of where we have been. Light years. Mario Collada, who was on TV last night, says, what about the 10-1 and LSU baseball team? I thought they were 11-1, and Mario. Are they 11-1? and But I saw you on TV last night, man, smooching up on those ladies. Uh-huh. You thought we weren't going to catch you, Mario. Live on ESPN, smooching up on some ladies. Uh, Kevin Broussard, thank you so much, sir, for the super or for the I don't even the the superstars they call them on Facebook now. Uh, thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate you sending us that. Uh, Mike, you says hashtag ask Blake. Besides per- Perkins, who are you excited to see on defense? We'll talk about that after the break. So a lot of guys, a lot of guys uh, that I'm excited to see. A lot of guys. I mean, Harold Perkins is obviously one, but I think you kind of know what Harold Perkins is going to give you. I'm looking forward to seeing what Denver Harris looks like. I'm looking forward to seeing what Jalen Lee looks like. You know, you got some guys injured. We'll talk about that uh, right out of the break and why I think the defensive line is just something that I'm going to focus on uh, when we go there Thursday. Uh, Mario Collada says 11-1. Yeah, we're 11-1. And you on you live on ESPN Plus, smooching up on those ladies. Okay, Kalata. We see ya. <laughs> Blaine says that the cornerback competition is going to be wide open. Could be. Could be. Um, but Deuce Chestnut, I'll just say this one. Deuce Chestnut's going to be out uh, of spring. So, gives guys like Zy Alexander, uh, gives Denver Harris and others, Terrence Welsh opportunities to go out there and make something happen. So we'll we'll see about there uh, about those guys as well. All right, let's do this. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Everybody, do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all 
of those social media groups. Share to all of your social media pages. So many of you have been dominating uh, and, and doing so many good things and helping us so much on Facebook. Thank you so much for doing that. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share and sharing to all of those Facebook groups. Share to your own social media pages as well. We're still doing the $200 giveaway. If you are if you are um, watching us on YouTube and you haven't subscribed already, do us a favor by hitting that subscribe button and notification bell. Do it right here on AYS and do it at, on the Rafino and Joe show on YouTube as well. Like, subscribe, notification bell. Anywhere you're listening to podcasts or if you're listening to us on the radio, like, subscribe, notification bell, all of that grand stuff. We appreciate you doing that. All right, let's get to our first break. We're back in a minute. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Good friends over at GM Varno and Sons. So much LSU and Saints stuff to talk about tonight. We kick it off next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you. And then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them you good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're, We're back. back. Yeah, old Zachy, our producer, was late. He said, Mr. Blake, I'm going to be late. I'm having unprotected sex with hookers. So I don't know what that means. I, I mean, Jesus, Zach. I mean, w uh, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? Unprotected sex with hookers. I mean, come on, man. We have a code around here at AYS. It's not doing those kinds of things, okay? All right. couple of questions during the break. Greg Dyke, Greg Dyke, Greg, if I'm saying your last name wrong, I'm sorry. Please correct me. Um, he says, hashtag ask Blake, so how does Mason Lunsford, the new OL commit, affect the movement on the offensive line? So we can start there. We can start with Mason Lunsford. So if you missed it today, former Maryland offensive lineman and guard slash, I guess, center, uh, committed today, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, around like 2.30, 3 o'clock, Wilson Alexander from The Advocate broke the news. And uh, look, I think it's a big deal. You know, the question that I've always had, the, the question that I think a lot of LSU Tiger fans have how always had, 
if Brian Kelly is able to bring the Notre Dame type of offensive line to Baton Rouge with what you do at the skill position, how dangerous can LSU be? Does Mason Lunsford give you that ability to be able to come in and play garden center and solidify more of your offensive line? Now, Wilson Alexander also got this confirmed today. As spring practice starts on Thursday, there are going to be some players out. Mason Taylor will be out. Uh, Armani Goodwin will be out. And this is a big one, talking about with Mason Lunsford. Charles Turner is going to be out for the spring. Uh, Makai Wingo, Deuce Chestnut, Jordan Jefferson, and Aaron Anderson round out the guys that will not be participating in spring practice due to injury. So I think that this is a big deal. A guy that's got over 20 starts in the Big Ten against some really good opponents, against some really good teams, playing Ohio State, Michigan, and others, now comes and now makes his way down to Baton Rouge. Can he start at guard? Can you work him into center? What can you do there? A more athletic guy that you've seen at the guard position, about 6'5", 295, 300 pounds, that really moves well. Maybe needs to get a little bit stronger in the interior, but has a lot of starts underneath your underneath his belt. You know what's interesting? You know what's interesting is that now you have multiple interior offensive linemen that have a multitude of starts underneath their belt. Now, I'm not saying that Mason Lunsford's not going to start, but if he does take somebody's position, if he takes a position like a, a Miles Frazier or Charles Turner, you have so many starts behind him. And, in, and even if he's behind those guys, even if he's a backup, he's got 28 starts in the Big Ten. Now you're really starting to get some serious and quality depth along the offensive line. I can make the argument that Brad Davis and Brian Kelly have put together one of the more deeper units quite honestly, on the team. You have five guys that have that have been starters at LSU returning with Will Campbell, Miles Frazier, Charles Turner, Marlon Martinez, Garrett Dellinger, Emory Jones, and now you bring in a guy with 28 starts in Mason Lunsford. Guys, that's seven dudes that have very quality starts in Power 5 competition. That's not even saying... About and talking about the five-star top recruit in Louisiana and so Lance Hurd or Lance Hurd coming in in the fall. You may have a situation where you have eight to ten guys that can really play. I think this is a great move. Now, the interesting part about all of this, and we just read off the guys that are injured in camp and aren't going to be playing in this spring camp, how does this affect Charles Turner? Marlon Martinez was a guy that got reps at center. Uh, Charles Turner was obviously the starter. Bo Bordelon, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, had been getting some reps there. So regardless, Mason Lunsford might be one of those guys that gets reps at that position. But this is something that Brad Davis and Brian Kelly have really looked into as guys, they've offered multiple interior offensive linemen that could be a dual guy at Garden Center, and now you get Mason Lunsford. Right? So you offer a guy once, 
okay, maybe you're just trying to get quality depth. Maybe you're just trying to get quality depth. But then when you start offering two, three, and four guys and you land on Mason Lunsford, who probably was the best of all the guys that you got or offered out of the portal at that particular position, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me? He's a grad transfer with two years of eligibility left. So I just think that you are building at you're building at a position that sometimes has historically been not that good when it comes to having quality depth. You do know that there is a scenario where the backups that you have on this team are Mason Lunsford, which I think he can ultimately is ultimately going to work himself into, as a starter. Mason Lunsford or Garrett Dellinger, right? Or Miles Frazier, who, guys, 14 games, his 27 games as a starter underneath his belt. Man, what an absolute just overhaul of talent that you've really built on at one position. I, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I don't know if it's, you know, I, I don't know if maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. But I just see a position group, and, and look, it's a position that I played. I see a position group where you're really doing some good things, man. It makes me excited, excited, especially when you have an offense whose number one thing is that they want to run the football to establish what they do in the air. You know what game I watched today, Zach? Went back and watched it. Went back and watched Florida. Went back and watched Alabama again. And you know what you did really well? You dominated along the offensive line. Now you're only getting better. The question that I've always told you since no, late November when Brian Kelly was hired at LSU, what happens when you get in the scenario of him bringing the Notre Dame type of offensive line down to Baton Rouge? Because... You could say a lot of things about Brian Kelly and Baton Rouge. I mean, in South uh, South Bend, you could say a lot of things that he did at Notre Dame. Guys, having bad offensive lines are not one of those things. Then you have the skill positions at running back, tight end, what they're doing at that tie at the tight end position. Go pup in the Ole Miss game and how they use four tight end sets, guys. LSU was literally coming out on goal line situations and four tight end sets. Running the football, Mason Taylor catching his first touchdown against Ole Miss on a, on a zone replay action bootleg to Mason Smith in the flat that ultimately would have the same type of scenario when you played against Alabama. And you go for two and you, you know what happened. Mason Taylor catches the ball at the pylon. It's good. Excuse me for being really excited about what you're building here. Especially in a media core and especially around a fan base sometimes. And especially when over the last couple of football seasons outside of last year, there were a lot of negative things circling it. Title IX, Sharon Lewis, Ed Orgeron having sex with multiple blonde women, not blind, blonde women, you know, whatever the scenarios were, whatever those scenarios were, excuse me for liking this pickup in Mason Lunsford. 
Now, I went on with WWL last week uh, with uh, Mike Dettelier and, and Bobby Bear, And Mike D asked me, Blake, what do you think they're doing at center? Mason Lunsford was the guy that I brought up because you don't make that move if you're not going to entertain the fact of him moving in that position. Guys, you're solidifying your offensive line. And whether it's going to be Mason Lunsford, Charles Turner, Marlon Martinez, or the Bo Borderline, or the, the Rugaroo, whoever it's going to be, you're, they are making moves in a conscious effort to lock down a position group because they know what they have. You talk to anybody in that building, and they will tell you that they know that they have a very solid offense, and they feel like if everything hits on all cylinders, that they can have an offense that's really, really good, if not the best in the SEC. They think that they can compete with a Tennessee offensively, maybe not from a yardage standpoint because they're not going to go so much more up-tempo, but from an efficiency standpoint, that's where they feel that they are. LSU dominated the portal, guys. And Mason Lunsford is just the latest of that. You got one offensive. You didn't have to do a lot offensively. You got one offensive lineman in him. You got one wide receiver in Aaron Anderson. You got four DBs and Denver Harris, Deuce Chestnut, Zy Alexander, and J.K. Johnson. You go out and get a starting linebacker in Omar Spates, who is the na- uh, was the nation's leader and solo tackles in the running game, and then you have five defensive linemen. You go get Ovi. You go get Jefferson. I know that he's going to be out for spring, but you go get a guy in the middle that really can plug and play the nose. You go get Jalen Lee, a guy that can give you 15 or 20 snaps a game to give Makai Wingo a little bit of a break. You go get Parrishan, and then you go get Braden Swenson. Guys, they have what Brian... What Brian Kelly has done in less than two years, rebuilding this roster to a championship level of ro- uh, championship level and a roster that's capable of winning championships is unbelievable. And you can hate Brian Polian all you want. He's a part of that. Hats off to Will Redman for, for doing what he's got to do to get Mason Lunsford. Tip of the cap to him. I, I know that there won't be a lot of people that had the same excitement level as I do with this, but I think it's a big deal because this is what you're able to do. You're not necessarily, str- I don't want to say struggling, but you're not necessarily as worried when you have these injuries in spring camp. Now, spring camp starts on Thursday, and we'll talk about some of that uh, in just a quick second. But like I mentioned just a second ago, Mason Taylor, Amani Goodwin, Charles Turner, Makai Wingo, Deuce Chestnut, Jordan Jefferson, Aaron Anderson are all out. Guys, you still might have close to 75 guys that are going to be on the field. And the non-contact guys, guys that they're just going to really, what what this is really doing is monitoring these dudes. I do that I saw a couple of days ago in Deshaun Womack and Mason Smith. Man, I'm so excited it's baseball season, but my God, my God, I, I, I'm ready to see how this team looks Thursday. I, I, I'm ready to see how physically good and the bodies and the unit that this team has and how good they look on Thursday. 
I'm fired up for it, man. I'm fired up for it because I, I just think that you're in a position where, guys, LSU is going to be a top a, a top five to seven team in the country coming in because of what they're doing in the portal. And by the way, by the way, you could add more pieces at the end of spring when the portal opens back open. What if there is another pass rusher? What if there is another uh, offensive lineman or tight end or punt returner that hits the portal at the end of spring and you got two, three, four scholarships wide-ass open, then you can go and get this guy. Roster management is what makes and breaks college coaches, and it's not talked about enough. Roster management in college football and in the attrition that you have is not talked about enough. You know, we don't talk about the attrition in the NFL as much because, to truth be told, your core amount of players, the, the teams in the NFL usually have a core amount of players, about 20 of them. So 20 to 25, maybe close or a little bit less to half of their roster that are always going to be there. They don't necessarily have the attrition. They still have those same 25, 30, 35 guys that you're going to continue to see on the roster. With college football, you're always having attrition. And roster management is something that nobody on God's green planet talks about, but it's the reason why you win natties. It's the reason why you can win back-to-back national championships if you're Georgia, as an example. It's also a reason, and why I didn't even mention the Rafino's rants, it's, it's a main reason why Nick Saban is, oh, I'm so worried about NIL. I'm so worried about my permanent opponent. So I feel like Nick talks when he doesn't have his cream pies. He pouts like a little baby. Meanwhile, Brian Kelly says, I'll play anybody, anywhere, any day, anytime. Yeah, man. I, I'm fired up. LSU's got to be one. They have to be one of the best teams that we've seen, if not the best overall team, on how they attack the portal. And Brian Kelly says he doesn't want to do that. But if you're going to have this much success, right? Like, if LSU's going to have this much success in the transfer portal, go get 10 to 12 guys a year like what you've been doing replenish that roster stay at that 80 85 scholarship limit continue to build because guys you're not going to be worse than you were a year ago you're just not in my opinion i should say you're not going to be worse than what you were a year ago you're only getting better in this last and this last movement with mason lunsford kind of seals the deal for me all right couple questions and carter the power brian's going to join us uh, Adam B says, after the Natty Edo focused on the tight ends, all right, but they ended up being wide receivers that brought their trophies to run drills at practice. Look at you with all that. Look at you. H-Town Creole, what's up, H-Town? Says, BK is known for good offensive line play, and this season is no different. I just think you're getting so much better there. Right, like you're you're making so many leaps and bounds at that position that I, I sit here and I, I think just just how good you have been, right? Like they've had some issues, 
But anybody that watches their film and says that they have not gotten better week in and week out under Brian Kelly doesn't know what they're talking about. Uh, this old vet says 10 and 2 is the floor. Man, maybe. Maybe. Ray Bill says hashtag Blake 24 recruit Draylon Miller now offered a basketball scholarship as well as football scholarship. Do you think Brian Kelly would allow him to play both? Yes. Yeah, I do. All right, last one. They were getting a card with Power Bryant. Uh, go Hoarder, Go Home says on YouTube, I thought the first 5-0 line were solid. He's definitely coming here to start, but at what spot? Um, Look, man, you've offered a many... You've offered a many of centers out of the portal. Many of interior swing guys in the portal. I don't know. You know, can you, can, I don't know. I just think you don't make that move if you're not going to entertain the idea of seeing if he can play center. And again, like I said, this is your starting seven. I'm going to call him a starting seven. Will Campbell, Miles Frazier, I'll say, I'll, just for argument's sake, I'll say Charles Turner, um, let's say Garrett Dellinger, Emory Jones, Zalance Hurd or Lance Hurd, and now Mason Lunsford. And any other guys that I'm missing in there, I think that this spring for a guy like Marlon, excuse me, like for Marlon Martinez is massive. Can Marlon Martinez beat out Charles Turner while Charles Turner's out for this spring? You got seven and eight dudes that can really play, man, that can really play. And we're going to Thursday, we're about to find out. All right. Let's get to our good, our good friend Carter, the power Bryant. It's been 97 years since he joined the show. He's a married man. So he just says, you know what, Blake? I'm not coming on anymore. Just joking. Just joking. Just joking. All right. So about good friends over at our good friend, Carol Foss over at State Farm. Uh, guys, let me just tell you this, though, first. If you're thinking about trying to save some money, times are getting tough. Guys, everybody feels it. Insurance rates are going up. Housing interest rates are going up. Hell, eggs are going up. Inflation's insane. Just call Carol Falls. Let him be a good provider for you. And if he can't get you better coverage, he'll just tell you, I can't give you better coverage. You're good at where you're at. At least you got a second opinion. Call him today and let him know that good, your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. We're back in 45 seconds. Carter, the power, Brian. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. We're back. All right, so I'm looking at this shirt here. I mean, Miami called. They want their colors back. Look at this. Is that a Supersonics? 
the Super Sonics. Come on now. Where are my Sean Kemp fans? Where are my Detlef Shrimp fans? Where are my Hershey Hawkins fans? Who could forget Gary? No glove, no love, Peyton, baby. Somebody tell Nick Cannon he needs to get that nickname. I'm telling you, the Super Sonics, baby. Let's go. Just, well, just in, that just is admit, that is a hell Seattle of a throwback. Needs... No, 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 go on. No, that's a hell of a throwback you got on. Dude, I'm telling you, from what I've heard, I've never been to Seattle. One of my really good buddies lives there. Um, that is an NBA city, and we need the Sonics back, right? Um, but no, I just picked this up not too long ago. 90s NBA was like – my favorite thing growing up, 90s, everything, NFL too. So, but yes, hot take Brian. Here we go, baby. Let's go. All right, so let's talk about this. Mason Lunsford. Okay, so camp starts on yeah. Thursday. Um, Mason Lunsford, the Miami transfer. A uh, Miami transfer. You, the colors are throwing me off. The Maryland transfer uh, makes it official today. He signed over the weekend. In case you missed it, we kind of gave you the biggest hint of all time on the message board that he was signing. But Wilson Alexander of The Advocate makes it official today that he's doing it. One thing that I know, and just talking to him, I, we're trying to get him on the show, I think a big thing is that he thinks that there's a realistic chance that they can win a national title this year, him coming to LSU. Carter, when you see this move from, from Mason Lunsford, and quite honestly from Brad Davis and Brian Kelly, I guess what are your thoughts when you saw the news hit the ticker? So, Blake, I, I know you probably get these messages, but I haven't really talked about uh, talked to you about this privately before. But I do have recruits that reach out to me and say, hey, what's a good way for me to get recruited? My favorite thing about Mason Lunsford, on his Twitter bio, he cut up a nice, clean, 10-minute copy with a simple Google Drive that anybody could click. You can go look at it yourself. You can go look at the film. It's It's cut up perfectly. And the film is is really fun to watch. Now, obviously, it's more of him just mauling people in the running game. You want to see more, you know, pass protection sets. I've not actually looked at him as far as that is concerned. But Blake, you know how above average it is. pass protector. Above so average. yes, you could tell he is a very physical north and south kind of guy. He is and a Brian look, Kelly O lineman, dude. He is. And when you look at LSU, and and this is where it gets a little filmy at this point. They ran a lot of inside zone, more than anybody else in the conference, and they also ran a, a fair amount of duo, right? So, you know, we won't get into what all that stuff actually means, but the simple truth is LSU was a very physical football team. Running the football was a big part of what they did. So Brian Kelly wants guys that could move people in the running game. And last year, LSU had some games where they struggled to do just that. Now, could some of the play calling and other aspects have been better? Uh, yeah, and that could have helped out uh, some of the running game issues that they had uh, against Auburn, against Tennessee early on in the season. But the one thing we can see consistently in that tape that Mason shared is he moves people. He has, he have, he's got some great explosion. But outside of that, obviously, Blake, you know this, when you go to the SEC, the defensive linemen are the best in the country, and you're going to be going up against guys that are – far quicker and you know you're going to be in a lot of sets where you're going to be going up against a three technique that's going to be playing on Sundays for a long time 
got to be able to pass protect that. So that's going to be a big thing. But one thing I really liked about him, Blake, is on that tape, you saw all these different games. And it wasn't necessarily that he was moving guys for Ohio State. It wasn't necessarily that he was moving guys versus Michigan. It's that he has played in all these environments. That's as close right. to the as you possibly can, uh, playing against those caliber teams in Penn State. And this guy has two-year starters, uh, or at least, at the very least, very good playing experience, and that is very valuable. Now, you as a former offensive lineman made a really good point before I came on here. You never have necessarily a starting five offensive line. You have a you starting, have a starting seven. seven. Starting right. seven or eight, right? And you need some really good swing offensive line. A guy that uh, a lot of people are familiar with, T-Bob Bear, was that for – the 2011 team, he could play center, he could play guard. And, you know, according to Wilson Alexander, he is open, even though he's never actually played center, he's open to potentially playing that position. And like I said, a few weeks ago, when I was on your channel, Charles Turner has a very interesting spring. We learned today, officially, he is out. So mm -hmm. this opens the door for a guy you mentioned before he came on here, Marlon Martinez. He becomes probably the most fascinating offensive lineman that LSU has this spring. And more than likely, you know, when spring starts, he's going to be the first-team center. So uh, I'm very interested to see what Mason can do in the SEC level, but this is a very nice pickup if you're an LSU fan. Carter, I, okay, so listen, I'm going to say this, but this is not a shot at any anybody. I, like, I, I mean that from my heart, okay? No. Okay. We have had a lot of people poo-poo on the LSU offensive line for a long time. Some of it has been warranted, okay? And I can't disagree with that. But from the Florida game on, even against Georgia to some extent, they did some really damn good things. And I'm going to be real with you. Buddy, that eighth offensive lineman right now who's going to come into fall camp is Lance Hurd. Right, right. Can I make the argument that they could be one of the deeper units on the team considering that they have Will Campbell, Emory Jones, Miles Frazier, Gary Dellinger, Lance Hurd coming in. Dude, they have a really freaking solid good offensive line. Oh, and by the way, I'm not even talking about a kid that's not even committed yet, and it looks like LSU leads for a guy like Blake Fisher. Yeah, it looks Carter, really good. Let me ask you this in another way, too. Are we about to get a Notre Dame offensive line with LSU skill players combined offensively? Is that what's is that what we're watching unfold? Yeah, I, I think you are. I think we are moving towards a point where LSU, one of the stronger units on the team, as you just mentioned, might be their offensive line. And you know, the one thing that Louisiana, and all due respects to you, Blake, you're a great player for Southeastern. We don't pull them out. I, I, I can admit that. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's always been just the one position that has never necessarily been LSU's brand. Every other offensive position, uh, especially now Joe Burrow went in the Heisen a few years ago and Jaden, you know, doing videos with destroying and all this stuff. Um, you know, LSU doesn't really have this huge brand on the offensive line and that's changing now don't get it twisted LSU's had really good offensive lines and they have had really good individual offensive line men but there this is a change in the right direction and something else that is very key there has been some really good studies on this and I think 
the best was actually done by a guy by the name of J. Bud Davis, okay? Transfer offensive linemen are a little bit more few and far between than any other They're position. too loyal. We're too yes. loyal. They're, they're loyal offensive linemen. They have a close bond. They just don't transfer a whole bunch. Even the ones that don't really play all that much, they also still like to hang around for whatever but reason. But when they do... You, you got to jump on the ones that can actually play. Bingo. And... and that was, you know, very good. So Carter, we'll he might never, he might not not ever start a game at LSU, and he's got twenty eight starts in the Big right. Ten, the second yeah. best conference in the country. And, and look, let's not act like Ohio State and Michigan just has scrubs along their defensive line now. Down there, okay. Yeah. All right, so Carter, the power Bryant's with us. We'll we'll talk about that. Carter, three quick pop questions for you. I've asked you this before. But has it changed? What's your number one thing that you're looking forward to Thursday, just really quickly? Yeah, so it honestly was uh, – I'm not going to change my, my 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 question, my answer to this from last week. It was Charles Turner. I think it is center uh, for me. But so now that he's – I know that you said that last week, but now that he's out, does it go to Marlon Martinez? Yeah, it goes to Marlon Martinez, but now, Blake, we it is confirmed, and we kind of knew this because of the – shoulder uh lingering issues that he had but now the biggest position's tight in right because mason taylor will not be available you know during the spring so you have two true freshman early enrollees coming in jackson mcgohan and mac barkway uh, mcgohan of course is going to be a little bit more experimental as far as him playing tight end he was more of a receiver uh in, in high school and mac markway is a little bit more of your traditional tight end this gives him a really golden opportunity to win this job or win a job on this team or at least at minimum be a rotational player right and they need a pure blocking tight end and he, he can give you some as a receiver too but he is here to run split zone right he is here to do those very important there you go I'm know, so I didn't know I'm so freaking proud of you. I didn't I didn't I didn't know that that warranted an applause. But um but yeah, it it's it's so key to have him here and him be healthy. He has been very banged up these last couple of years in high school and here's a guy whose dad was a tight end at Iowa. So this young man decided not to go to the best tight end school in America, which is Iowa. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. He decides he wants to come to LSU. He really wanted to play here at LSU. And he now has an opportunity to be like Mason Taylor last year. Even though Mason wasn't an early enrollee, he had a wide open opportunity to win the tight end job and he took it and never really relinquished it. So Mac has an opportunity to give LSU that extra tight end so they can run more 12 personnel sets which is what we saw Georgia do very innovatively last year. And Mac Markway and Jackson McGohan, the, I mean, you you get the golden ticket now that Mason Taylor's not going to be in there getting some uh, getting the spring practice reps at tight end. I'm going to punt this question because we can talk about LSU's permanent opponents as long you know uh, you know all, all right. the live long day because that's that's going um, a while. Let me, I mean we're going to kick that down the road. Let me ask you this question: how how excited are you about this quarterback stuff? Which one? Both but, of them. So, are you talking about recruiting? Or are you talking about no? Current? I'm just I, I I'm legitimately just talking about look I, look I'm hearing some things about Garrett right now. 
Okay, and you know how how I've been with him from yeah. a turnover perspective. I'm just hearing things. And then I talked to my buddy Palmer out there in the West Coast, and he's telling me that, hey, man, I, I mean, Jaden's got a lot more confident now that he's, you know, he's a lot a lot more healthier. Interesting thought about that. Are you, you, you looking forward to everything getting back into that quarterback competition? Oh, yeah, it's going to be great, honestly. And – Look, I know it's just a social media video. I understand. Two West he Coast looked good. guys. He looked it, good. It, it was it, that. That's who you want representing your team, your university. And yeah, I mean, Jaden just hammered that. I watched it earlier today. Well, I watched the first half of it, and he is just so good at all these little things. Agreed. Like the leadership, the intangibles, all that stuff. And Garrett is as well, right? You can't say that about every LSU quarterback, um, but those two guys are really good at that very thing and he did that Carter after a lift I didn't know that that's very interesting so you know those things are always good those guys obviously work hard and they really want to be great um you know I've, I've gotten to know some of the people that are close to them and know them and their work ethic and they always told me that before they even stepped foot um on campus or before they ever played it down and honestly I I just think at this point Jaden is going to be the guy. I don't think that's. Really, I don't disagree I, with that. Yeah, I, I don't think that's any, you know, glowing remark or anything like that. That's what Brian Kelly said at the end of the Purdue game. But I'm telling you, Garrett Nussmeyer ended the season so strongly outside of the interceptions. He really made some NFL big time level throws. And right. now I, I do think this will be a battle in a just in, in a more in traditional league. sense right are we are but, we gonna have are we legit like i'm more intrigued now that i think that you have a little bit closer to a battle than it yeah. ever was a battle last year right i mean because it, it, it really wasn't um so we'll, we'll we'll see last thing uh uh for you here tonight carter and then we'll, we'll get yeah. you on out of here I, you know i love you uh being on the show Kayshawn booty's combine it was abysmal. I will say that that was the worst combine of any LSU Tiger privy to expectations, um, especially when you're on the record saying that you were going to run 4-3 and you don't. Okay, no big deal. But where the issues lie is that he wasn't exceptional at anything. He, the no, jumping, interviews were – and I told you this. I told you this, and I, I said it last night on my show. I, I, I talked with a guy with the Panthers – I talked with a guy with the Texans. They said he was the worst, probably one of the worst guys in the interview room. Probably, probably and, the worst. And you know my and, connection with both of those teams, and I'm not an NFL right, dude, right? right? right. I, I just, you know, whatever. But, Carl, they said his interviews were abysmal as well, which makes it even worse. And for those that don't actually believe what Blake is saying, I know it sounds like I'm disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm not in the room, but the issue – is when you're in those NFL combine rooms, they ask you about everything. And he right? has a lot of stuff there, for there, them to ask. There, there's a lot of things that happen over this last year with Kayshawn that is mysterious, right? And we won't specifically get into each and every one of them, but there are at least three that come to my mind where they ask you straight up and say, be honest and those are tough questions to answer, some of which are very embarrassing and, and, and private, and you feel for him in that, in that instance. But 
you know, they, they grill you on that. And if any of you were in that position, you would probably be a little bit embarrassed to, you know, answer the question, why weren't you available for the Purdue game? Why did you announce you're coming back and then have a 180? And then what they follow up, just speaking to NFL scouts in the past, is what makes you flip-flop? Do you really want to be in the NFL or do you really want to stay in Baton Rouge? Did you flip-flop because of rumors? Right. So those things, and, and, and look, I love Kayshawn. I have a thousand of his autograph cards. Love this guy. But that's what happens. And those questions suck. Anybody that, I mean, this is a million-dollar interview, and they're asking you these questions about those things, it's hard. It could, it could be very brutal and taxing. And, you know, it, it just doesn't look good when you're told, you know, some of the people there, hey, I'm going to run 4-3, and you run 4-5. So, you know, I feel and bad a four, for him. Six. And and 467 following that. Probably should have waited for the pro day if those were going to be the results. And if he has a good pro day, I think there'll be some NFL teams that say, "F it, we're still going to go, we're still going to take you because you were you were a great early breakout age performer as a true freshman. You were um, you know, big time. You were the Bolitnikov leader as a sophomore." So, you know, those things are very difficult to reconcile, but you know, ultimately, if Kayshawn goes at the end of the first, which he's probably not now, you know, you can go to the second, and who knows? Maybe the Bengals take a shot at you. Maybe you go to a better situation than if you were going early in the first round, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Buddy. We'll see you. We'll see you next week. Have a good Super one. Supersonics. <laughs> see you next week, bud. All right, that's Carter the Power Bryant. Now we go to our good friend down in New Orleans, we go to John Hendricks, but let's do this really quickly. Let's talk about our good friends over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. He's finally back. You've been pestering me about John Hendricks. Well, the man's back, damn it. Let's get to him next after the break. John Hendricks next. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. We're back with the man, the myth, the legend himself, John Hendricks. My man, what a week that you're having, huh? Yeah, um, going back to the combine, <laughs> it's been a crazy week. So I, uh, I, you know, I, I look, I enjoyed my time in Indianapolis. This weather's been crazy, um, but come back to a a bomb, so to speak. And look, I, I could just tell you, I'm not really surprised based on everything that happened last week. We got to talk to Mickey. Got to talk to Dennis, and it was only just a handful of us being able to talk to him. So, I mean, it was just one of those things where, look, I think we felt really good about their chances of getting Derek Carr, and I'm glad it's finally put to bed. Now we can build a bridge and move on. 
Well, he is the Saints lead writer and reporter for at Saints News. You can follow him on Twitter at John J. Hendricks for everything that you need for your Saints News. So let's talk about that. Uh, John, I give you the floor. I mean, now you got Derek Carr in the building. You got Derek Carr uh, going to be your next quarterback with the Saints. You said you all talked to Loomis. I, I, I guess give our listeners, how did all this go down? When did you kind of get the feel that this was 100% going to be the thing? And I guess, how do you feel about Derek Carr being the next quarterback in New Orleans? Yeah, look, I mean, first and foremost, they had a great visit when he came in. So, I mean, a good two-day visit that kind of put the building blocks for everything. And, and you know, look, they were patient with Derek. They were not pushy. They weren't saying, look, we got to get you at any cost. They're willing to let him go talk to other teams and such. And then, look, they came back at the combine. And obviously, there, were deal, there was a deal in place that, you know, he could have been traded from Las Vegas, but given how Vegas treated Carr and the, his ability to have a uh, the veto power and the, the no trade clause, he didn't do that for Las Vegas. So that's not surprising. And so when we got to the combine, look, everything had, had pointed in to, look, we're going to talk to him again and that they really felt good about it. Um, you know, everything that I heard and everything that I was told, he was playing A and B. And then the C option, nobody would have really liked probably. And, you know, but the Saints weren't worried about the C and D option and all the other things. They were all in on Derek Carr. They felt really good about it happening. They had a great pitch to him. They talked about, you know, all the different advantages of playing with the Saints, that the fact that division is, is I'm, I'm paraphrasing, division is not good. It's crappy, right? <laughs> um, you play in a dome for a lot of games. The NFC is a lot easier path right now because the AFC is very stacked. So it's like one of those things where you can just get to the dance because Carr wants to win a Super Bowl, right? And who doesn't? But at the same time, he's never had a defense that's been better than 20th. So they got all the pitches here for, you know, Carr and, and all these different things for him. And so had a great meeting with Pete Carmichael. They have a very good, solid vision about what he's going to be able to do in the offense. And I, I look forward to seeing it done, get done because it's been the most important thing that they had to address this offseason. And – it's not been good since, since um, you know, Drew's retired. I mean, they've tried, right? And I get it, but there's just been certain limitation with some of the quarterbacks that they've had. And I think that's one of the reasons why you saw a lot of confusion with, with uh, Pete Carmichael. You know, everything I was told, too, they feel really good about now they know how to best use Taysom Hill. That's a big thing for this piece, too, to the puzzle. And uh, Obviously, he's not going to be going to Denver. I know a lot of people said, hey, Sean's back. Let's get him. And that was not going to happen, right? They just, they like taste him too much in the building. So they feel good about it. Now we got to wait and see what happens with Michael Thomas. That's still not off the table. We got to see what happens with Alvin Kamara. Uh, I believe that they are bracing for a suspension of some kind for him. Right. No matter how the legal process plays out with him, he still can get suspended under the personal conduct policy by the league. But they got to wait until see how this trial stuff wraps up. He still could get popped for six games. They're going to have plans to to look at the draft and be in free agency market for running back. So, a lot of lot of download information. So you could take it, and we'll go whatever direction you want to go after that. All right, well, good because you 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 kind of led me into my next three questions. What was the plan going to be if Derek Carr didn't come to New Orleans? Uh, they were going to look at Jimmy Garoppolo. That was one of the things that, that he was going to be on the radar. So Derek um, Carr, look, our savior. Was, <laughs> yeah, I, I I heard Jimmy Garoppolo heavily on there, and you know that didn't excite me one bit. And, and nothing against Jimmy G. I, Agreed. Again, it's just that I don't think that he had everything that the Saints wanted, 
And look, when you look at the contract price for it, I don't think they they made out bad in it. You got to pay for a quarterback right now. I mean, look at what Daniel Jones got. That's ridiculous. He got ten I, I million dollars for a touch every touchdown pass he had last season, John. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I sign me up. I can go throw a couple of probably. And I'm, Fat, overweight, all that stuff. I'll just I can't throw one. <laughs> I might go. I might have one touchdown and forty-five picks. I will get one. I promise you yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Some point. <laughs> all right. So you you brought up Taysom, which was really my biggest question. How did that conversation go with Carr? Because now that they say that they know how to utilize Taysom and what they want to do offensively, that conversation had to come up. I would assume. I guess. What can you divulge between that conversation? of what they told Derek and how they're going to utilize Taysom Hill. Well, I mean, he's going to be a weapon. And, of course, you look at it and you see what he's able to bring to the table. The usage was a little bit questionable, obviously, from last year. And you look at the the third downs, you look at the goal, uh, you know, red zone situations, just not what you really wanted there. And, look, some of that, you got to remember, they didn't have a, a big body possession guy like a Michael Thomas that could help move the sticks. That didn't help things out for their offense. But – you know, look, they have a vision where Pete Carmichael, there's, is Derek Carr is going to probably get a good bit of the, the say-so and how he runs the offense. And, look, he's going to be some of those guys. One of the things that you got to remember is that when Drew was in the building, Drew was the one that was making all the checks at the line of scrimmage. Right. Past couple of years, it's been the offensive line, Eric McCoy. They feel confident in Carr being able to be that guy right now to make the checks at the line of scrimmage, kind of like a Drew I think it'll take some pressure off the offensive line and put them in the best position possible in the offensive perspective, but remains to be seen. So I think that's obviously a big part of seeing the offense. And then just with the Taysom stuff, it's going to work. You know, I, it's just one of those that now with Carr being able to move the football and, and being able to be a stronger passer than, you know, and then Andy did, did well for all things considered. And, you know, Jameis experiment just didn't work out the way everybody thought it would. And, so, look, they feel like they've got a, a real hammer here, long-term guy, guy that can run the offense, has a calmness to him, has a, a lot of upside, and, and, you know, he doesn't have to be Superman. He doesn't have to be Drew Brees, but he can be the best version of himself and then just win the NFC South and you get into the playoffs and then see what happens. John, the only thing that worries me about Derek is the interception to touchdown ratio is not that good, right? Like 28 interceptions the last two seasons. And look, I, I, I call me crazy, but I know that he's had really bad defenses. Well, the last three seasons, you know who's has really who else has had really bad defenses? Kirk Cousins. And their numbers, if you look into it, is extremely comparable. But the difference is Cousins has more touchdown passes, has a better uh, completion percentage. There are things there that you look and say, maybe that you're getting a Kirk Cousins, but are you getting Kirk Cousins into the NFC South? Now, my only question would be, and something that could take a lot of pressure, what you just mentioned, off of Derek Carr, look, I, every year, John, every year, I've had you on this show multiple times throughout the three years, Every year, I build myself up so much. Michael's come, Tom, MMT's coming back, baby. He tweets and then he plays a game and then all hell breaks loose. John, what do I need to roll? You know, what's going on here with Michael Thomas? Do I need to get my hopes up again? 
No, I don't know if we say hopes, but here's the, the situation is that I think it was a little bit premature in just saying that he was not going to play for the Saints because of the, the restructuring contract. There is a chance. There's still an opportunity there. But look, I would say that don't expect the Saints to put all their eggs in that basket, even if they do somehow get Michael Thomas back just because of the need. Um, and look, okay. I, again, Mike is a, is a is a competitor. He wants to be out the field. He wants to play. Dude, he was he was blowing it up at training camp. We weren't exaggerating that. We he looked amazing in Atlanta. Right. Injury, other leg, all this type of stuff. Just it's never a, a good time to have an injury. And so look, I, I think there's a way that maybe they are saying, okay, we don't want to pay on this old contract. Let's work something out that makes sense. Let's put some contract incentives. Let's pay pay you. Let's let's make sure that you can get it. Cause this is a guy that before the injuries happen, he's on a Hall of Fame trajectory type of path. I mean, right. you go from the 2019 offensive player of the year to now you just I you know I don't think his market would be that good I think he would have to be I mean kind of like what Jarvis did last year look I think he's got the upside but you know Jarvis took considerably less money you know only three million with an upside of six you know I, I think MT would be kind of finding a pretty cold market there but again it, we'll see how that plays out but look I know they love Michael Thomas they you want to find a way to try to get him back if it's possible and it can work financially. And I think he's going to be excited to the concept of Derek Carr. And just look like, look at what Devontae Adams. I mean, he wanted to get traded to the Raiders to go play with Derek Carr <laughs> because of how he played. Right. Now he's kind of stuck in that situation. But, you know, it's going to be interesting because the wide receiver market is going to be one of those types of things. You know, Christian Kirk kind of screwed up the market last year. But, you know, he also did deliver a good bit, too, for the Jaguars, a big reason why they got in the playoffs. But, with Mike, look, I, I think with him, we'll see what kind of uh, contract they could potentially work out. But don't be surprised if, if he is a saint or if he is a saint, then, you know, they're going to make sure that he's going to be solid. And then I think they will have a good, strong backup option to that. I don't know how else to say this because I don't want to poo-poo on these people because they do a really good job, right? Is the Lattimore salary cap casualty – there's no truth to this, right? Like this is kind of crazy. Like I, I so I mean, look, it. Colin Cowherd didn't chance. say it. Okay, so I, it, I'm not just blowing this. Like I'm not just saying no. This there's no chance. There's no legs on that, right? No, I mean he can get restructured, but they are at there. There's like literally no chance of Lattimore leaving the Saints right now, unless they decide they want to trade him for some reason. But right now, again, everybody, we, he's the top corner. Right. They think he's the top corner. They do have some visions of potentially working Alante Taylor in the slot. They do love Bradley Roby. He's still here and they they definitely like Paulson Adebo. So this is the one area I feel like they're the strongest at on this team. Is the I agree. I, so, John, I agree. And then when I heard that today, I was like, there's no you're going to cut a dude and have that much dead money at corner. There's no way. <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> Not happening. I don't know where the, I, that's the first I've heard of it, but no. Everything well, I've it was on the herd week. today and they said mm -hmm. that he might be a camp cash. Uh, he spits, or... he spits vomit. Doesn't know anything. All right. couple more. Anyways. We'll get it. You out of here. John Hendricks. You can follow him on Twitter at John J Hendricks with an X, not a CK. All right, John, something that I know that you've been following literally really close I read all of your stuff Alvin Kamara now I will say this about the Kamara situation 
I do think it narrows a focus on you offensively where, dude, Bijan Robinson, Gibbs from Alabama could be there late in the round. And I will tell you, watching Gibbs play, watching Bijan play, I'm a fan of both of them. If Alvin, do you think the Saints are really, really looking at that position considering Alvin may be suspended six or eight games? I don't think it's just because Alvin might get suspended. Uh, you I just think, think in just general. Upgrade. They think, I think in general, just because okay. they're missing a guy that's a power back that can run up the middle, up the gut. And so, look, I don't know if they'll get B. John. I, I don't think he's going to last. But, man, I, I tell you Agreed. what, the Bama guy, I really would be interested if he can get him at 29, him or Kincaid. I think that would be pretty good weapons for them to have. But, look, they're going to shop in free agency. They're going to look at the draft for running backs. And, you know, look, Mickey was asked about, you know, the running back spot kind of a little bit and just getting some insight. It's, it's not that the team hasn't wanted to draft guys for the running back spot. They've just been taken and they like other players that they value at a higher spot and they take those guys. And so that's kind of what's been the byproduct is like, okay, if a guy they have ranked 200 on the board and you're picking at 105, you know, you're not going to reach for the guy that's there. You're going to go with the guy that you have on your board. That's going to be the higher ranked guy. And so, right. Look, I would expect free agency to be a little bit interesting uh, I've seen in the chat guys talking about like Kareem Hunt. That could be a possibility. I like guys like Alexander Madison out of Vikings and stuff. I think there's a lot of things that they'll look at for this running back market. And so I, I, I tough to see Mark come back. They do have, you know, Benjamin on the roster, you know, outside of that, David Johnson. I mean, he was, I don't expect him to come back at all, but you know, we'll see how things play out, but I do expect them to shop in free agency a little bit. Now, whether they land somebody or not remains to be seen. And they're also going to look at the draft too, and we'll see how that plays out. But I know they're going to look in both areas to get some more running back weapons here on this roster. John, a non saints related question. Um, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> your thought. No, no, I'm going to ask you well, maybe I can make it a Saints question. Do you think they pulled the trigger on Carr a little too quickly, seeing that what's going down with Lamar? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think this was interesting because now, you know, once the Carr thing got done, then you had the Geno Smith stuff, the Daniel Jones. All yeah, the he set the market. Happened. Right. Yeah, I think this is probably the, the, the play. And, and look, this was their guy all along. It was Derek Carr. This is Dennis. You know, he's been given control of the staff. He's putting his guys there. He's going to get his quarterback and look, they've kept in touch, you know, whether people know that or not, they've kept in touch all these years. He taught, had glowing things to say about him uh, when the Raiders played the saints that, that uh, week earlier in the season. And so look, those two have a good relationship cars, a, a really laid back kind of guy, but he's going to get the job done for him. And so this was their guy. And like I said, they view him as a long-term solution type player, not somebody. So I don't think that they're going to, at 29 or 40, you don't 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 think they're going to take Hen and Hooker. I'm just going to tell you right now. They got other pressing needs. They have one defensive tackle on the roster. They're going to have to figure out what happens with Caden Ellis. I know they want to keep him. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him. So there's a lot of things there from their own Juwan Johnson. They got to figure out a way to keep him. So there's a lot of other pressing needs right now for this team. So with Lamar Jackson, look, it's unfortunate and it's kind of weird that all these teams have said well, I'm going to shop on car. I'm going to check on him, but now I'm not going to do anything for Lamar Jackson. I just kind of stinks a little bit to me. And so where there's smoke, there's probably fire and I'm sure we'll find out 
sooner rather than later what's actually going to happen. But I don't think anybody wants to give him a fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson. And so <laughs> Browns look like they got a little bit of eggs on their face. And thank God the Saints had, had avoided that crap too. No doubt. And you know what's interesting? You see in a lot of these mock drafts with your boy from Clemens and Bressy falling all the way to 29th. And that's a very realistic thing. And the Saints definitely need interior defensive linemen. Uh, uh, Poo Ica is a guy that, you know, a lot of LSU people know. We went to Baylor, who John, quite honestly, I think so, fits in a lot of different schematical things uh, in reference to Dennis Allen. But just back, last thing, and I'll get you out of here, I promise. What's your thoughts on this Lamar Jackson situation? Let me let me ask you this. He doesn't have to sign the tender, right? Like, he can, there could be a work, a deal done or something happen after, at the end of the draft, right? Like, he could still not be a Raven, Correct. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that could shake out here. I mean, as the thing is, if there's a team that comes to the table, they can send an offer type thing, and then the Ravens can match it. There's all sorts of compensation that comes in. Miami's a team that can't talk to them. That's interesting enough because the no first-rounders or anything like that. So it's just going to be, you know, some of these other teams. I, I, I always said that I have a tough time seeing him leave Baltimore and just look at him being out of the lineup last year. Their offense was absolute garbage right. without him. Right. And so, look, you just got to find a way to make him happy. I think he's, his best fit is in Baltimore right now. I don't know who else is going to step up to the table. I think that people should look at him. But, you know, it's funny that Atlanta says that they're not going to look or the Panthers are not going to look. It's really telling this, like, what's going to happen with him. But, look, I, I think for Lamar Jackson, just stay the course. Find something that's going to make you happy and then just kind of keep going for it. That's why you're the best, man. It's really why you're the best. John J. Hendricks, you can follow him on Twitter, buddy. You've been fantastic as always. Who that? I guess. What does John Hendricks do now until the draft? Do you just, you know, you got a lot to do, but what? Do you, now that you can kind of take a little bit of a breath, I guess, what does John Hendricks do now? Man, I tell you, uh, after the combine, I'm – Glad to say that I'm probably done traveling until August. So that's <laughs> that's a good thing. So right. I had the senior bowl and then I had to be in Indy. And so it's like, even though the season was over, it's still stuff. So that's a kind of relief. I love to travel, but, you know, it's still one of those things that just wears on you a little bit as it goes through. But, uh, you know, looking at this free agency stuff, that's, I mean, the new league year is, is a week away, you know, pretty much. So right. we're going to be working through that. And then obviously got the draft prep, but it's going to be a little bit quieter around here. And now, especially since they got car stuff done, now we can focus on the other stuff that this team is going to need. And so, uh, look, it's it might have a little bit more Xbox time. I am old, but I still play games. I'm going to – I love look, it. I watched – I watched Delirious and Raw today. That was part of my day for Eddie Murphy. And so I, I and I've watched some Chappelle show. So, I mean, that's kind of what things have done. And so it's, it's, it's I love and it. I got a couple of radio spots, but you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty chilled. You know what I did Monday night or was it Tuesday night, whatever it was, or last night, whenever, I don't even remember what day it is. I, well, today's Tuesday. So whatever it was. Good night then. Yeah. Uh, whatever day it was. I literally took uh, uh, turned on Madden and traded Derek Carr to the Saints just to see get a feel of it. You know, you got to do that, baby. You got to put in Madden yeah, and get right. Derek Carr. You got to trade him. You know. Now I did put yeah. his attributes all the way up to ninety nine on everything. So I, I, oh, I, of course I, you did. You yeah. know, <laughs> I, I need to rub it in everybody's face. All right, John J. Hendricks, thanks you, buddy. We'll have you on again soon. Thank you so much for your time. All right, bud. Thanks. Appreciate All right, that's John J. Hendricks. Always fantastic. You guys, I really do go read everything that he does over at Sports Illustrated. Uh, fantastic job in everything that he does. All right. 
I don't know if I missed out on anything. Let me see if I did. Uh, no, we talked about spring football. We talked about Mason Lunsford. We got both guests in. I think it's been a good show, guys. I think it's been a really good show. Um, let me leave you with this. Hey, Saban, shut up. Go eat your little cream pies. Do what it is that you got to do. Shut up. Before you bust a hip. All right. I'll give you plans, guys, tomorrow on what we're going to do. We got the LSU baseball and basketball game. Um, we'll see. We'll see how we're going to handle it uh, as basketball season looks like there. Uh, guys, ba Zach, ba Poo, uh, basketball tomorrow's at 8, I think, right? If I'm not mistaken. Um, I think that they're, they're, they play tomorrow day. If you're in the comments, you could let us know. Uh, and then you got baseball at 8. Yeah, so 8 tomorrow. Um, and then you got LSU baseball at 6.30. So I'll give you a plan on what we're going to do tomorrow. Um, I don't like taking days off because I feel like I've been taking way too many days off with family stuff. But nevertheless, we'll do it. All right, till tomorrow. Y'all have a good one. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.